0: I want to remind you uh, before we get into the message today that um, tomorrow night is first Monday prayer and it will be our first, first Monday prayer of the year and uh, it will be from 6.30 to 7.30 here in the worship center. We started that last year coming out of 21 days of fasting and prayer and we continued it through the year every Monday, first Monday of the month. Uh, And it's very uh, simple, the worship center is open, there's a prayer guide, you come in, grab it, find a place to pray, there's no music, there's no program, you just find a place to pray and when you're done, uh, you head out. And I believe that all that we're seeing in the life of our church is a result of prayer. How many believe prayer still works, amen? So I hope to see you tomorrow night. If you can't be here, pray wherever you're at with us uh, tomorrow night at 630. Well, today's a special day in the life of our church, and I wanted to uh, get it right. Pastor, I'm not going to preach, even though I've got notes here. Somebody else is going to preach today, but I wanted to make sure I got this introduction right. 41 years ago, Wayne and Kim Merritt, along with two small children, moved from Savannah to Rinkin to pastor the Rinkin Church of God. Now, when we think Rinkin Church of God, we think of it as it is today, but that was not the case when they pulled up on this property 41 years ago. The Kids City Worship Center was the only building on campus. There were less than 20 people here, and the Rincon Church of God didn't have the reputation that it has today in the community. It was known as a small church that in its 22-year history had had a variety of pastors, And it was for those reasons that the Lord sent the Merits to Rankin with a mission. To rebuild and grow a church that would focus on spirit-filled worship, ministry to families, and strategic and intentional discipleship. And over the next 34 years, the Merits would become a model of consistency and integrity in Effingham County. They loved the people that the Lord sent them, and with his help. They built a church that would literally impact thousands of people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the body grew, the need for facilities grew as well. And so they first of all built a uh, Christian education wing, which is the nursery wing now. They led the construction of this worship center in 1992. The construction of the Life Center in '99 the Youth Worship Center in 2003, and multiple upgrades and additions. And in 2015, Pastor Merritt led RCOG through a a rebranding process, which included our new logo, and then for a few years, we were known as the church with the backwards R. And our foundational phrase, welcome home. You know that that phrase has not become a just a catchy slogan. Welcome home became and still is the heart of RCOG. And the application of that phrase would breathe new life into the atmosphere and spirit of the body of believers here at Rinkin. And in 2017, after 34 years of ministry here at Rinkin Church of God, Pastor and Miss Kim moved to Vidalia to pastor the Vidalia Church of God. And they ran wide open for the last six years of their full-time ministry and did an incredible job leading the Videlia Church of God before officially retiring this past summer. Through it all, Pastor and Sister Kim led with integrity and excellence and modeled what commitment and longevity in ministry means, not just in Effingham County, but to many in the Church of God. And for that reason, today is a historic day in the life of our church. When people ask me, about the growth of Rinkin Church of God, I often tell them two things. Number one, we give all glory to God. God has been so faithful to us. But I give so much credit to Pastor Merritt and Sister Kim. Because when Pastor Merritt left Rinkin Church of God in 2017, he could not have left us in a better position to succeed. He handed things off in the right way. And Pastor, I want you and Sister Kim to know that everything that has been accomplished in this house over the last six and a half years has been built upon your hard work and your dedication to excellence and your vision to reach families of all ages. And I want you to know how much Tress and I appreciate the confidence that you had in us to hand us your baby. And... Um, You have been a mentor and a confidant to me. You have been one of our greatest cheerleaders and have supported us every step of the way. I love you, Pastor. I love you, Sister Kim. And I am so honored to have you back home to introduce you to so many of our church family who will hear you today for the first time. So, RCOG, will you please stand and give a well-deserved welcome home ovation to Pastor Wayne and Kim Merritt.
1: Praise the Lord. Wow. Thank you so very much. Oh, glory to God. You may be seated, and you're going to make me cry. You don't want me to cry. I'm ugly enough, but when I cry, I really get ugly. But, um, you know, Kim and I, we could not wait for this day to get here soon enough. Pastor Les had invited me before, but because of schedules, it wouldn't work out. I couldn't come, and we wanted it at a strategic time and a good time, and I'm so appreciative to you. You will never know what this means to give me this opportunity and privilege to preach the gospel to the church that I love. This will always be my home church. And... um I just want you to know that what God is doing here is is cause for great rejoicing in kim and, Kim and i we We just we marvel at the grace of God, the goodness of God that He is pouring out in this church. I thank God for Pastor Les and Tressa. I honor you. Your leadership here is second to none as a matter of fact. Because of the distance, we looked in Effingham, and some things didn't work out, and we bought a retirement place over in Bullock County, and we go to the Crossroads Church there in Statesboro, the Crossroads Community Church, and our pastor, Zach Case, who's a young man and and recently came there to be pastor, a great pastor, he told me, he said that when he was a youth pastor in the state, and Pastor Les was a student pastor, that he said, Pastor Les was the gold standard for youth pastors. And uh, not only is he the gold standard of youth pastors, but he is setting the bar for what pastoring ought to be and believing God and directing a congregation in the Spirit of God. Would you give Pastor Les and Tressa your appreciation along with Kim and me? We love you. We love you and appreciate you. You know, the, the... The temptation is to reminisce all morning and to visit, and I'll try not to linger here. But those of you that came, some of you were here before we got here, a couple of people still with us today. And then those of you, some came on the first Sunday, some uh, the Lord brought. You have laid a foundation here with Pastor Les and Tressa. To see God do incredible things in your future, obviously, God is sending you people that's going to make an incredible impact in the kingdom of God for eternity. I've looked forward to meeting you and and being here with you. I was thinking as I came... um, uh, if you know the State Administrative Bishop, if he gets to come here and, and meet you, the State Administrative Bishop of South Georgia, his name is David Gosnell, and you need to thank him big time when he comes, because uh, it was 23 years ago when he was in, the, in our state then, not as State Administrative Bishop, but as the State Youth and Discipleship Director, It was uh, David Gosnell that I called up when we needed a student pastor and uh, a worship leader, a worship pastor, and without hesitation, David Gosnell said, I know the man, and uh, it's Les Woodard, who's in the Cincinnati, Ohio area, Lexington, Kentucky uh, area, and uh, I want to tell you, the rest is history, amen? And for 14 years, we've labored together here before um, my tenure ended here. Boy, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord. This praise and worship team uh, just uh, continues to build on great music and worship to God over the years. Could you give them a praise uh, and give God a praise for them? Wow. I want to get into the Word, and uh, if you have your Bibles and you want to... Look along with me. I'll be in Jeremiah chapter 33. I'm going to talk to you today about great things, great things. And you might just want to hold your your place there in Jeremiah chapter 33. Just hold your place there. We'll read later. If you have a a Bible that's leather-bound or one that glows, you might just hold your place there. And let me just remind you that God wants to do great things in your life and in your family and in your church. And God wants you to believe him for great things, perhaps as you've never believed him before. You know, there's those times in our lives when we just feel like we're surviving. We're just coping. Everybody's talking about great things, and we just want to get through the situations we're dealing with and somehow survive them. But when you and I don't have the answers or the solutions to the situations that we find ourselves in, that's what I want to talk to you about today because God's got great things that he wants to unveil to you. When I talk about great things, great things, I'm not talking about things just to hype you up this morning, but I'm talking about those things and times in our life when we don't know what to do, we don't know which way to turn, and God steps into our situation in those times, and he reveals to us things that we would have never imagined in our wildest dreams He gives us things that will blow our mind. And I mean literally when I read this word today. God's got great things for you that will blow your mind. And if you're there this morning, you're saying, Pastor, I've got situations I'm dealing with, and I really don't know what to do. I don't have the answer. You're in great company. Because this man, Jeremiah, whose book you opened up to, is right where you are. And he speaks loudly into our life in what God had to say to him about great things that he would do in his situations. You know, when we face these challenges, that's, that's really God's uh, opportunity. It's fertile soil in our lives for him to give us an opportunity to stretch our faith, And to do something great with him. So here's Jeremiah. Before I read the text in Jeremiah 33, I just want to remind you of a few things. Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. As a matter of fact, God said that he knew Jeremiah. And he called him to be a prophet to the nations in Jeremiah 1 and 5. Before he was ever conceived in his mother's womb. That's the greatness of our God, and he knows you just as well today. You know, scholars believe that Jeremiah started his prophetic ministry at age 21, and I just want to say loudly this morning, I thank God for a Jeremiah generation that's being raised up in these crazy, chaotic times in which you and I live and minister. As a matter of fact, I mean this with all that's within me. I thank God for the Jeremiah generation that's in this church. I keep up with you. And what, what God is doing in this church through young adults, uh, especially in young people, you ought to give him praise because it's not happening in a lot of churches and we call it the Jeremiah generation, the young generation that God is raising up. We think, will they even survive these times? And they are stepping out and making a great impact. And you are here in your community, on your campuses, uh, in, in your world, wherever you may be. And here is Jeremiah. He has been called to not only minister during the, the height of the nation of Judah's immorality. I won't go into the uh, the unthinkable things that they were doing, but we see what's going on in our own country this morning. And it was bad enough that he had to confront some situations that uh, was less than than ideal. But the worst thing was that Nobody listened to Jeremiah. As a matter of fact, if you read Jeremiah 7, verses 1 and 2, and then you skip, you read that whole thing that God said to him, you get to verse 27, God indicates to Jeremiah, I mean, they're not even going to listen to you, much less believe what you're telling them. Now, Pastor Les, that would be tough. (laughs) You know, ministry can be difficult, it can be challenging, but to get to that place where nobody's listening to you, as a matter of fact, Uh, The priests ridiculed him. The false prophets, they undermined him. His own flesh and blood brothers did not believe their own brother and what he was preaching and telling them from God. It got so bad, you remember this, and I think it's in, in Jeremiah 20 and about verse 9 that he said, I, I said I wasn't going to preach anymore. I wasn't going to mention his name anymore. He said, but it was like fire shut up in my bones, and, and I couldn't hold back. And I just want to encourage you today that when things are at their worst, our God is at his best, and the Holy Spirit will give us a fire today that they cannot, no one can resist. Can you say amen? But uh, here is Jeremiah. Jeremiah didn't give up, and he finds himself confined in the courtyard of the king of Judah. He's a political prisoner, and the king has put Jeremiah in this place to silence him. We talk about cancel culture today. Well, ours is not the first. Throughout history, The enemy has always tried to cancel what we need to proclaim to them about God and and about faith in God. And God will not be silenced, and he wasn't in Jeremiah's day. And so I lay a foundation for us to go to this text and, and, and begin to look at some things here that we receive from the word of the Lord about great things Uh, When we don't know what to do, we feel like we've done everything we know to do. And here comes God. But the Bible says, while Jeremiah, Jeremiah 33 and 1, verses 1 through 3, rather, while Jeremiah was still confined in the courtyard of the guard, here he is in prison. You may be confined in your own situation. You may be limited here this morning in, in a bad relationship. Or you may feel like you're limited to get great things from God because of your debilitating illness or lack of resources, we could just run the gamut. But here is Jeremiah, confined, limited. But keep reading. The word of the Lord came to him a second time. And this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it, The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I just want you to look at this graphic one more time. Great things, great things, great and unsearchable things that God wants to speak into your life and into your family and into your church RCOG, God is in the amazing business. And you've, you have seen, my goodness, you have seen great things from God. But I tell you, I'm telling you, you ain't seen nothing yet in this church. I believe it with all of my heart. God is about great things And we know with with great opportunities that God is giving to you and is going to give to you come great challenges that we're going to have to deal with. And God is saying to us, you're, you're you're going to need to call to me when you don't know what to do, what step do we need to take next, Lord, in our church growth? What step do we need to take? As a matter of fact, I heard a story. A good friend of mine, Chip Pace, minister down in Sarasota, Florida, was 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 uh, talking not long ago. He was taking, talking about a church, and nothing wrong with this. They paid fifty thousand dollars to a firm to help them find the 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 place they needed to relocate so that their church would grow. But right down the street, there was another church that was praying. And guess what? God led those people to the very spot that the people they paid $50,000 to to lead them to that spot. And they got there first. Now, we can pay $50,000 if we want to, but I'm going to call on God first. Amen? Amen. I'm going to call on God first. And we've been there and we've paid those kind of dollars before. But you're you're going to need to get to that place. And God says, I'm going to do things in this church. And I believe this with all of my heart. That's going to be beyond your wildest imagination. You will endeavor things so great that people may ask, Pastor Les, who do you think you are? Wrong question. The question is, who do we think our God is? Because we serve a great God. And there's nothing too hard from Him for him and, and personally in your life. God wants to do for you in your home, in your marriage. And we, we just need to understand that we can believe him and call on him. And as, as a matter of fact, I, I, need, I put this into every message that I ever preach. Uh, In some way. The greatest thing that's ever happened to you and will ever happen to you is when you were confined in a prison of sin and, and chained with death and hell over your life. Jesus Christ did walk into your situation, redeemed you, shed his blood, and set you free by his grace. And he said, Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall. be saved. And that's the greatest thing that ever happened. But how many of you know that this journey with Jesus is a wonderful adventure? I want to tell you, if you're really knowing, if you'll really trust him, he says, with men, things are impossible, but with God, nothing is impossible in our life. And as I look at this passage of scripture today, I want to lift up four reasons this morning that we can believe God for great things. Four reasons that we can find great things from God through Jeremiah's experience here. And the first one is the authority for great things in our life. And the authority we have to find great things from God in our life is because the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. And the word of the Lord comes to you this morning just like it did to Jeremiah when you feel like you're confined and limited by the resources that you're experiencing what if this morning if you could just hear the Lord say call to me call to me in your situation at home call to me in your situation at work call to me in your situation on the campus, call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you don't know now what a difference that would make in life we need to remember that when we're limited i'm gonna need some water kim i'm sorry should have brought it up thank you we need to remember that when we are limited god's word is not limited by your situation as a matter of fact paul the apostle was in prison and he said, I, excuse me, I'm chained like a criminal. But the word of God, 2 Timothy 2, nine, the word of God is not chained. And when you feel like that you are limited by circumstances and situation, you just need to remember the authority of the word of God over your life. We, we believe in Solo scriptura, scriptura solo. We believe in the inf- that the Bible is the sole infallible authoritative uh, word for the Christian in faith and in practice. And the Bible is not like any other book that you've ever read. This word that you hold, that you'll read maybe this afternoon or tomorrow, hopefully, at some point, It's not like any other book. This is not a book of history alone. It's not just the God who spoke, but it's the God who is speaking. That's how powerful this word is. Matter of fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 and 12 that the word of God is alive. It's alive, folks. It's (coughs) powerful, excuse me. Is sharper than any two-edged sword. It, it goes down to the very depths of what we do not understand or know in our life. I point this out for a reason. Because the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah is the same word of the Lord that comes to you this morning. When, when you read the word of God you need to ask the Lord to speak to you. You know, sometimes I've been guilty. I've just, I, I had my daily Bible reading and I need to get through it. I need to go do other things. And I really just read the Bible. I shouldn't have, but just to, just to soothe my conscience. But I want to just encourage you, every time you pick up this book, say, Lord, speak to me today with what you want me to know and what you want to say in my life. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that all Scripture, everybody say all Scripture. All Scripture. scripture, That's not just some Scripture, but all Scripture is God-breathed. And it is profitable for teaching, for rebuking and correcting, And for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped in life. And the word that God gave to Jeremiah is a living word for you this morning. When he said, call to me and I will will answer and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. These great things come from God because we serve a great God You know, I appreciate the counsel of people. Human counsel at its best is limited, but God's counsel is limitless. Human counsel is natural, but God's counsel is supernatural. And I love this because the Lord, I I suppose, he needs to remind us all, he reminded Jeremiah here of who's talking to him. And he says, this is what the Lord says. He who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. And I got to thinking about that. We have great things from God because we serve a great God. He's a good, good father. And I begin to think about how good he is. Matter of fact, this word Lord here in our text and we're not seeing it on the screen. But this it's all caps. You notice Lord is all, in all caps there in your translation. That's because it's the name Jehovah. And if we could just simplify the meaning of the name Jehovah in all of its magnanimity. Oh, how magnificent it is. It simply means promise keeper. Numbers 23 and 19 says God is not a human. That he should lie. He's not a human being. That he should change his mind. Has he not... Has he not... To, Uh, spoken and will he not act has he not promised and will he not fulfill it yes he will amen for no matter how many promises there are in God they are all yes the Bible says in Christ and we speak the amen we say truth to all these promises from the promise keeper in our life the great uh, and well-known minister, A.W. Tozier, who has spoke so much into the Christian community over the years, he made this observation. He said, a low view of God is the cause of a hundred lesser evils. Think about that. A low view of God is, a, is the cause of a hundred lesser evils, but a high view of God, a high view of God is the solution to 10,000 temporal problems. And I believe it. Do you need a word from God this morning? Do you need a word from, from, from God for your marriage or your home or your finances? Well, pick up this book because God's got a word for you from His Word. It was in August of 2022, about a year and a half ago, I got some of the most alarming news that I had ever got. I had two specialists within a couple of months tell me that I had an incurable, rare disease, immune deficiency, and uh, didn't know, they have been studying it since the 1950s. One in 25,000 people have this illness, so I was the only one in Toombs County that had it because there's 25,000 people there. That's the way I think pulmonologist told me first he told me he really didn't tell me he referred me to an immunologist an asthma doctor because I had to battle asthma over the last 10 to 15 years and so he refers me he said I'm gonna refer you to this guy I really know he's he's just really great he's an asthma uh, allergist immunologist pulmonologist did the blood work Immunologist did the blood work, same results, and the immunologist is the one that revealed it. He said, you've got CVID." I said, what in this world is that? And he showed me the video and gave me the material, and he said, I, I said, I'm not ready to accept this. He said, and he got indignant. I mean, you know, I appreciate doctors. I, I do, I, they're great, and I still go to him, thankfully. And he said to me he said the numbers don't lie and he said the pulmonologist did the same blood work and he knew you had the disease but he wanted me to confirm it and I'm telling you you got cvid and I was stunned he he went on to show me what I was going to have to do he said there's no cure he said but for the rest of your life you're going to have to give yourself immunotherapy twice a week, a couple of hours each time. And he rolled up his stomach and showed me how I was going to have to inject the the injection. And I thought, well, that's not going to be a problem. I got plenty here to roll up. <laughs> I was stunned. And uh, first of all, I'm too fidgety. To sit in one place for two hours to get somebody else's blood pumped into my body twice a week for the rest of my life. And I went, I, I drove, it was in Dublin and I drove back to Vidalia and I prayed. I, but I, I'll be honest with you, I was numb. I, I, you, know, you ever been there? I mean, you, 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 we always say, well, pray first. Well, we should and we must. But there's just those times, I mean, it's like you're still numb. But the next morning, it's six o'clock. When I have my morning devotions, I'm just telling you, just like it happened. I was in my recliner with my cup of coffee, about to have my devotions, and I said, Lord, I've got to have a word from you. If I've ever cried out to him and called out to him, I called out. I opened my Bible to my next reading for my daily Bible reading, and it was in Psalm 139, and I started reading the wonders of God's love and grace and knowledge of us. And as a matter of fact, the doctors say they don't know what causes this, but they think it's genetic and, and I'm thinking about what's wrong with me, what what went wrong. And I'm reading Psalm 139 and I come to verse 14, 15, and 16. And the psalmist says, you know it, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You, your works are wonderful and I know that quite well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret places When I was woven together, woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be and overwhelmed in the presence of God. Tears began to flood my face. Joy began to fill my heart. And while Miss Kim slept in the bedroom, it was shouting time in the parsonage. Amen. And I began to tell people about that. And share my testimony. went back to the doctor. And he said, well, he said, it's very expensive treatments. We're going to have to get the insurance to pay for it. You can't afford them. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, so he said about four things we're going to have to clear out and make sure of. He said, one is you got to get a pneumonia vaccine. He said, because... When you got CVID, your body will not respond to a pneumonia vaccine. He said, But to satisfy the insurance, you got to go get it. He said, I'm telling you right now, this is what he said I'm telling you right now, your body's not going to respond to it. I went, got a pneumonia vaccine, waited five to six weeks. He called me back in to do the blood work again. Called me the next week. He said, well, I got great news. He said, your body responded to the pneumonia vaccine. He said, but our bodies plays tricks on us. He said, sometimes it'll tell you it's negative when it's positive and positive when it's negative. He said, I'm gonna do blood work again. So I went back, we did blood work, waited a week. I went back to see him and I'm telling you this doctor he never smiles. He's I like him, but he he's melancholy. <laughs> he's uh you yeah, know he he just but I'm telling you he came into that room, that examining room, and I thought he was going to shout. He said, "Your body has responded to the pneumonia vaccine." He said, this is off the table. He said, furthermore, we're going to do some blood work. Now, listen, I'm going to cut this short. They did f- further blood work. They found out, <laughs> there's a lot of rare things about me. I have a very rare asthma that comes on you in the 50s and when you're in the 50, your 50s and that's why I had asthma late in life. They found the right treatment for me to go along with uh, what he wanted me to have. I get an asthma shot every two months. And, but here here's Here's the thing. Here, here's what I want to shout about a little bit. Uh, the the thing is, is that I for 10 years I went two to three times a year with a fever upper respiratory infection, bronchitis, and pneumonia that I could not whip. I'd say, I'm going to just stay home this time and whip it, and the fever would never leave, and I'd end up going to the doctor, and it was getting worse and worse. Two to three times a year, I was being told, my doctor told me, and Viday said, your lungs, Wayne, are tight as a tick. I couldn't breathe, but listen to me. It's been a year and a half now, I've not had a fever, I've not had an upper respiratory infection, I've not had pneumonia, and I've not had bronchitis. Yes, I have asthma. Now, Now, I'm not here to mess with you and mess you up, but let me tell you furthermore, every time I'd go, I'd do breathing treatments, and my breathing level was down abnormal as you might expect but the last two times since God's touched me I've come to a place that I go in there and my breathing now reads instead of 60 it reads 120 he says Wayne do you understand how at, at your age this kind of a reading yes I understand because the word of the Lord came to me at 151 Dove Drive in my living room and he said I know all about your genetics I made you I put you together I'm in charge of it all amen great things and things the medical community things the medical community didn't know that's what he's talking about here. Great and uns. I love the medical community. I love the scientific community, community. But I'm telling you on the authority of God's word this morning, because you and I are children of God. We can have wisdom beyond our wisdom and knowledge beyond our knowledge. We can have knowledge that goes beyond the sage or the scientist, and we can get a word from God that eye has not seen nor ear heard Neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things the Lord has prepared for those who love him. But he's revealed them to us by his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. And if you keep reading 1 Corinthians 2.9, get down to verse 16. It says, and we have the mind of God. Does this blow your mind or what? I'm telling you great things and it begins with our authorities in the word of God and the God of his word amen I've got to hurry <laughs> I've, I know how I've, we did two sur- services here when I was here t- you know at that crazy time we were in it was good it was really good but I know I know I got to get you out of here Some of you are saying, it was really crazy. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> we started at 8.30. So. The second reason I find great things from God is because of the action God calls us to. And I'm just going to hit some high points. The action God calls us to. And he said, now, Jeremiah, there's something you got to do. And he's saying to you and me, there's something you've got to do. I'm God. But there's something you got to do, and you got to call to me. You know, God was right there with Jeremiah in that prison. He said, "Jeremiah, I'm here. I'm here in your confinement. What's natural confinement? Just just call to me. I want to say something that I said here. I don't know, dozens of times as I was the pastor here. Prayer is a relationship." It's not a ritual or a routine. Prayer is not Amazon.com where you go online and you place your order and you got Amazon Prime. It'll get there the next day and you pay for it. I want to tell you, you don't know those people at Amazon.com. Those people at Amazon.com don't know you and me from Dimbo from Burma. God's not like that. We don't make it just a request and throw it up to him and pay a tithe. But but it's our relationship that he's a good, good father and he loves us. And this word call is an interesting word. It means to cry out loudly and forcefully. And, And I know some preachers will tell you, well, you don't need to pray like this. You just command God one time and he's obligated to do it. That is not the book. Our role model Jesus Christ Hebrews 5 and 7 offered up prayers and petitioned with strong crying and tears and was heard. There comes a time in your life that you've got to call out to God for your children for that child that's you you wonder what happened whatever the situation may be your prayers your prayers can make great things happen. They really can and And God will answer. It's powerful. You know, the Bible says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I like James in the New Century Version. It says, when a believing person prays, great things happen. Amen? And you've spent 21 days praying and fasting, hearing your pastor. You know, I didn't come to preach you anything this morning that's new seed. I just came to water the seed I know he's been planting. And I mean that. And I hope I'm doing a good job of watering the seed. But you've spent 21 days praying and fasting to draw close to God, to put God first in your life. And and you believe him for great things, and it's happening. There's a story of D.L. Moody when he was vacationing in England. D.L. Moody was one of the great preachers back in the 1800s, great revivalist. He's vacationing, and he goes to this church in London where he was vacationing. He lived in Chicago. And the pastor, he he, he said it it was spiritually dead. And the pastor invited him to preach that morning. He didn't want to, but he didn't want to turn the pastor down. And he later wrote to a friend. He said it was the most unresponsive congregation. He said, I didn't even think I was going to be able to get through the message. They were so unresponsive. And he preached that morning, got through it, and then it hit him. I also agreed to preach tonight. He he spent all afternoon dreading preaching to that dead church. But there was something going on behind the scenes, something that D.L. Moody didn't know about that was going on. Because after that morning service, an elderly lady met her invalid sister for lunch. And she told him, she said, D.L. Moody is gonna be in our service tonight. The, the sister, she said, praise God. I've been praying for years for D.L. Moody to come to England. She said, us.'" put aside the lunch we got to spend the afternoon in prayer and fasting and when they came back to the service that night Moody by his own by his own experience when he took the pulpit he said that night an electric sense of God's presence filled the sanctuary he said I was preaching like a man on fire from another world and at the response when it was given five get this 500 people it was a huge auditorium 500 people stood up to receive Jesus Christ. And he thought, well, they've misunderstood my American English and and, and and my lack of eloquence and I'm going to re-explain the gospel and he explained it again and 500 people in his belief stood again, but not only that, it sparked that day, the great revival, one of the greatest in all that England ever experienced. I just want to encourage you, you've been fasting, you've been praying, but you are a part of this. God's going to do great things your church is going to see heights that you've never dreamed of and it's all because that you're calling on God and he's going to answer Jeremiah chapter 29 and 11 Jeremiah 29 and 11 for I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future That verse is, I'm told, the most popular verse on social media, the most tweeted, the most posted, and I don't doubt that, but we need to read the next line. Then you will call on me and come and pray. That's a great promise from God, isn't it? I know the plans I have for you, plans we don't know anything about, but he says, then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me. And find me when you seek me with all your heart. Call to God. And in in, in, in the, in the thing that God assures us of here, the third thing that I want to just encourage you with today, for great things, I want to encourage you with the assurance that we have. God says, I will answer you. I will. You you got people in your life, you know them. You you, you know you can call on them. They say, just call on me. And you know you can, but how much more assurance do we have that when we call on God that he's going to be there? He said, I will. You know, I don't have time to shake this out. I hate to use those words because God wants me to say what he wants me to say, but I'm cognizant of my time. But those words, I will. When, when he says call to me. And I will. Those are some of the most powerful words in scriptures. Those are the words of the covenant. And when God made covenants with Abraham and David, and, and, and he made covenants with his people, read them in Genesis 12, Genesis 17, 2 Samuel chapter 7, read them. It's I will. I will bless you. I will make of you a great nation. When he comes to Jeremiah chapter 31, he said, I will in those days give you a new covenant. I will write my laws on your, on your minds and I will uh, establish them in your heart. That's what Jesus was saying when he walked into that upper room that night, when he said a new covenant I'm given to you, I fulfilled it all. And when God says, I will, Jesus did on behalf of every one of us. And when we come to him in prayer and we, call, I don't, it doesn't matter how weak we think our faith is, is, or how long we've been serving the Lord or not serving the Lord just a short time I'm telling you when you called to God he said I will answer you God answers us according to his faithfulness that's what that scripture text says God answers us according to his faithfulness 1 John five fourteen and 15 this is the confidence we have that if we ask anything in his name That he hears us and we know that if he hears us, we have the petitions that we desire of him. Five ways that God answers prayer. I I, want to go, God always answers prayer to a child of God who prays sincerely. I mean, you you don't have to, there's no conditions on it. I mean, you don't have to be a super saint God always answers prayers, but there are five ways. And the first way, he'll answer yes. When you pray, I'll answer yes, and I thought you would never ask. The second way, he may answer no. I love you too much for that. Third of all, he may answer yes, but it's different than the way you thought I'd answer. How many of you have ever been there? The fourth way is yes, but not yet. You're going to have to wait. But the fifth way is the one that I believe applies to this passage today. Yes, and here is more than you could have ever dreamed possible. He answers according to his faithfulness. And then second of all, he answers according to our faith. He says and to the blind man, the blind men that came to him in Matthew 9 and 29, according to your faith, Let it be done to you. And here's the fourth and final reason that we, you and I, can believe God for great things. Recap it, because of the authority of his word, his word comes to you, that's his word and his promise to you in Jeremiah 33 and three, call to me and I will answer you and show you and tell you great and unsearchable things. That's his word. According to your faith when you call to him. And then we have the assurance according to his faithfulness that he cannot lie. He loves us. Number four, the ability. God's ability to tell us great and unsearchable things. You know, there are times in our lives when we don't know what in this world we're gonna do. And God says... This is the way, walk here. His ability to bring us to that place. You thought, but nothing is working out. I've planned, I've, I've strategized, I've thought. And God steps in and makes the difference. God gives us great revelation and that's, that's what this scripture is really referring to. I know some of our translations say, says great and mighty things, and that's true, and that's good, and that's right. And we know God will give us great things like parting the Red Sea or causing the sun to stand still. But this verse is saying when you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn, God is saying I'll, I'll give you things that your mind cannot comprehend Think, things you couldn't have thought up thought of up on your own that only God can give you those things and then God will bring great demonstration he really will he'll show you himself in his splendor his power I want to leave you with three words this morning God is able. He's able for you today. Able in your situation, whatever you may be faced with in your life. God is able. The God who was able to speak this universe that we marvel at as we look up into the starry skies. The God that is able to speak that into existence, not with things that... Are visible, but things that are invisible, and we behold the God who is able, bringing it right down to where you and I live. The Bible says, "Now to Him, to God, who is able." Everybody say, "He is able." Now to Him who is able to do exceeding abundantly one translation says immeasurably watch this more than we can ask or think don't limit yourself this morning you got a limitless god according to the power that's at work within you would you stand with me please hallelujah hallelujah i feel his presence i feel his presence would you just stand with me all over the building the praise team's gonna come and, and lead us in a wonderful song. They sung it last week. I shouldn't tell you that. <laughs> but I love this chorus. Yeah, I, I, I go in and listen to what God is saying and doing, and, and I ask them maybe to consider this chorus, singing it again today. But would you just right now close your eyes just for a moment? How many of you would say, Pastor, I'm in a situation, family, whatever, marriage. I'm in a situation. I need to hear God's voice in my life tell me things that I could not think of on my own. Would you raise your hand? God sees those hands. God sees your hands, many people. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Oh, receive him today. All you got to do is believe on Jesus that he shed his blood to cleanse you from your sin. and He'll come and give you brand new life, the greatest thing that you'll ever see. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for this wonderful church, the power of God who's here. Every hand that was raised, God, you saw it. Lord, you saw it. And you saw beyond that hand that was raised. You saw the need. And I'm asking you, Lord, let's do it together, church. Cry out to him. Lord, as we call out to you like blind Bartimaeus, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Whatever your need may be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. You've heard that cry. You've heard that call. That's the promise of your word. Lord, continue to work in their life, I pray, and show them great and unsearchable things that they don't know. Sing with this praise team, would you? As Pastor Les comes, sing and worship him and receive from him.
0: what we just sang but let me tell you what we didn't sing. We didn't sing I trust in my circumstances. We didn't sing I trust in what I see. We we didn't see I trust in the doctor's report pastor. We said I trust in God. And as we've been talking about for the last four weeks As we've done today and as pastor, the Lord led you to reiterate what we've been saying around here. When we are trusting God for great things, it means we take our eyes off of everything else and our eyes are where, everybody? Eyes up, eyes up. And when we live eyes up, then we can expect what pastor said this morning, which is what? Great things. Those are four words that we can put together here we go eyes up great things come on now you got it one more time eyes up great things one more time eyes up great things God thank you for this word today Lord you always speak in sync and Lord this word today is exactly what we needed to hear to remind us Lord that you have awesome and great things for us in our personal lives in our families and in our church and as a result of the fasting and prayers that we've been laying before you and god we thank you for that today lord we pray a special blessing upon pastor merritt and sister kim god we thank you for their lives we thank you for their ministry that continues as they go around and speak in churches and minister and bring encouragement and hope And we thank you for sending them by to us today. We thank you for what they've meant to this house. And we just pray you'll continue to use them in a mighty way. Thank you for their story. Thank you for Pastor's testimony this morning. We give you praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time, will you let Pastor and Miss Kim know how much we appreciate them? Amen. Amen. God bless you. I hope to see you back tomorrow night at 6.30 for prayer or Wednesday night for family worship night, family ministries night. Have a great afternoon.